I'm Asam, it's Saturday, and this is the first Friday show of the new season. The football's nearly back properly, and we're back to look back at the week that was before previewing Sunday's charity shield against Maurizio Sarri's Chelsea, as opposed to Antonio Conte's Chelsea. Joining me, I've got, firstly, Mr. Howard Hockin. Afternoon, Howard. Uh, good afternoon and morning. How are we? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Not bad. Excellent. And Mr. Lloyd Scrag. Hello, Lloyd. How are you? Hello, Asan. All, all good here, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Before we get stuck into this, as you all will probably know by now, uh, the 9320 podcast, the Friday shows, are on SoundCloud, as this one is. But we do a bunch of shows that are membership only. If you go to 9320.com or you go to our Twitter feed, you can get more information about the different podcasts that we do and we will be doing over the course of the season. Now, let's get stuck in. Um, Opening question first, and pretty generic one today. Uh, I'll start with you, Lloyd. Um, your thoughts on the new season as a whole, what your hopes are, what your fears are, that kind of stuff. So, I think the World Cup has been interesting in that I probably don't have the ridiculous appetite for the football to come back, maybe as previous years, but however, now that we're really close to it, it's really starting to come back and I'm absolutely buzzing for it to get started I think in terms of hopes and kind of what I'm looking at um, I just submitted my piece for the Observer which is going to be in tomorrow and one of the things I spoke about in that is humble brag humble brag (laughs) Uh, because you asked the same question so you know I can link it Um, (laughs) is um, I'm really looking forward to um, seeing more of Foden this season and I think from what I've heard, um, he's fit for, for tomorrow's game and I'm really, really looking forward to one, seeing him in that, but two, seeing him across kind of the this season because I do think, I think a lot, a lot, a lot, there was a lot on David Silva last season and, you know, given what happened with his family and everything and I do think there's going to be an opportunity for, for Phil to play a bit more and... It would just be great to see to see a Mancunian lad in the team um, and someone that's obviously a City fan. So I'm I'm really buzzing for that this weekend. To be honest, mm. excellent, Howard. What about for you? Uh, yeah, well, I mean Lloyd's spot on about the World Cup. It just there's nothing better for getting excited about a new season than a tedious uh, summer. Have been forced to watch tennis or Crown Green Bowls or anything you can find on any channel just to get a fix. And I think, you know, I've watched so much football that it does seem a bit of a an anticlimax now we're getting close. But once we're here, once it starts, I'm sure it'll be exactly the same. Good to see friends, good to get back in that ground and good to watch the players again. I'm always worried, <laughs> as you know. Uh, I sh- <laughs> oh, there's always a cavity. There's always like, well, if we, yeah, when we won the first... FA Cup thought right we've won something now we won the first league it's like I can relax now but the pressure's always on when you're City and when you're a top team now we've won a, another league I should be able to relax but now I want to win back to back now I want the team to be one of the greats in the Premier League so there's always something to push on and my only concern you know I wrote an article about it is the attitude of the players defending the title and I can't see there won't be 100 points. There won't be a 19-point lead. I think it's be a much tougher league. But we've still got the best team. We've got a manager who will not let the players relax. I don't think my honest thoughts is... 
it could be a tough start. But you know, we dropped points in the second game last season. Uh, didn't make much difference in the long run. Uh, I think we just need a bit more patience this season. It's you'll be judging the team and the table further along the line. Uh, yeah, we should. This should be another title-winning team, to be honest. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you want well, ones to watch. I just when it's hard with a team like this, it's everyone. <laughs> obviously, yeah, I want Foden to get time. Uh, obviously, Mares coming in. It'll be fascinating to see where he plays in the team. How much he plays, and yeah, I think he's a very exciting player, Mars. Very, very exciting. So I can't wait to see him. Uh, but I just, you know, and the other one is Mendy. I just want it'd be nice if he can stay fit and we see him doing what he does best this season. Hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd go along with with all that. I think I'm really excited primarily because I feel as though. For whatever reason, we haven't really. I think because we've not done a lot of business this summer, we've only brought one player in. I think that there's. I don't want to say there's an air of negativity around the team going into the season, but I think that the maybe the shine of hundred points and everything that we achieved last season has gone a little bit, uh, and I feel a little bit as though people, the general feeling seems to be more apprehension than excitement about what's going to happen this season. Um, Whereas I kind of view it slightly differently. I kind of look at Pep and I look at the, the evolution of the team and the clear and marked improvement between his first season and his second season. Um, And the fact that in terms of, the starting point when he came in, it was very different from Barcelona and Bayern Munich in that it was a much lower starting point. So I actually don't think that we've even reached the, even though we broke all those records, we've not really reached peak Guardiola yet in terms of what he can achieve in terms of style of play and also results with this collection of players. And I expect... Last, last season was the first season, according yeah, Marty, wasn't it? exactly. I mean, Marty Perrinow said that in Pep's eyes, last season was the first real season of work at City. So I am really excited because I expect us to be better, to be stronger, to score more goals, to be more exciting to watch. It, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that, I think, I think it's a bad idea to underestimate Guardiola. And I think that a lot of people are underestimating Guardiola right now and subsequently or consequently underestimating the, um, the quality of the players that we've got. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, so I'm, that's my, that's my big thing is not, there's no specific really, there's not really a specific player other than Foden, who you mentioned. It's not a particular player that I want to see. It's the collective and what Guardiola does with them. And to just yeah. extend that a little bit more, um, I'm interested to see tactically and it, it'll be interesting to talk to Marty next week on our podcast about what he thinks Pep's going to do. But it'll be interesting to see what we do different tactically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so those are my two kind of things going into the season. Sorry, Howard, what were you going to say? Oh, no, no, I just said yes, but most specifically, ah, okay. most specifically playing three at the back. And, you know, that's the worry that it, it works and the players get used to it because he has hinted he'll be using it a lot more. And if Mendy's fit, it makes that more likely, so... Well, I'm maybe going to spoil uh, a spoiler from the from the interview with Marty from next week. 
but uh, I don't think Pep's going to be using three at the back a lot this season mm-hmm. at all. Um, even though he said it in the prep conference, uh, in the press conference, uh, yeah, I think that there will be there will be tactical variations this season. But that three at the back is a little bit of a red herring. Guardiola said himself that in pre-season they looked at the characteristics of the players that they had and then created a system Around to fit, yeah to fit those characteristics. Didn't really have anything to do with what's going to happen in the season as a whole. Mm. And um, talking to Marty yesterday, just doing the beginnings of the prep for the podcast next week, um, Marty was like, yeah, I don't, I expect that Pep is going to carry on with 4-3-3, which Marty calls 2-3-2-3. That's how he <laughs> describes that formation because that's ostensibly what it becomes when we start playing. The two centre-offs, uh, the two fullbacks and the holding midfield player, uh, the two number eights, uh, and then uh, the three forwards. So anyway, yeah, but we'll we'll get into that with uh, with Marty next week. Okay, some uh, housekeeping from the week that's just gone for City. Uh, one thing that really caught my eye is uh, Tosin Adarabayo has gone to West Brom. Before I get your thoughts very quickly, I'm really happy that he's done that because I almost felt like he should have gone out on loan in the season just gone. Um, feel a bit like he's stagnated maybe. Uh, championship, I'm not saying championship is his level, but it will be a very good test for him. Uh, Lloyd, thoughts from you first. Yeah, very good move. I think I agree with you in that he, sh- he, should, he should have gone last year. He has stagnated a little bit because at the end of the day, Tosin has captain City at I think every single age level from about under eights. So I think that you know that points to something and West Brom is a is a really good move because yes, they've gone down, but they're they're a stable club, they're quite well run. Um they've obviously appointed Darren Moore, who ended last season very well. And um, you know, given the fact that Johnny Evans has left, um and Gareth McCauley has also left there's clearly a very good chance for him to to progress there and if not anything else he'll he'll learn how to defend playing for West Brom so I think that's a really good move Okay um, Howard do you think that uh, Tosin is a player who are you disappointed with his development or do you think that he probably isn't quite at the level to play for City mm. Yeah well it's the latter at the moment but it's linked to what you've just said he should have gone on loan just have got mm. more football, not seen enough really. Said in the past, putting him in in the cup against with Wolves alongside Mangala, do we you know, or in a very hugely changed team, do we learn much? I don't think we do when you do that to young players. Uh yeah, he's what is he twenty now, so yeah, I think he has stagnated a bit. I've not I've not seen enough of him. Obviously someone like Steve would know much more about just how good he is, but what from what I've seen, no, he's certainly not good enough. He wasn't going to get in the squad the next season, so this is a good move. Uh, under more, right kind of guy to be under, uh, and he looks very happy to have gone on social media, and he's excited to play football. So I understand that. Of course, the only concern when you send a player out is he going to be first choice. So spending a year on their bench is not much better than just staying with us. So as long as he gets some game time, it's an excellent move because yeah. Aside, you don't 
what sort of side do you want a lone player to go to? One that struggles, one that's really good, too good? Well, West Brom should do quite well, but they're not going to have everything their own way, so it'll be a very good schooling for him, I think, as long as he gets that match time. Yeah, I think the most important thing is if they get minutes. Yeah. I don't think, you know, uh, you'll sometimes see, you know, people say, ah, oh, yeah, but, you know, he shouldn't go there because look at how they play football. And I think for, for young players, ultimately, it's about going out and playing first-team football. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, we can't just um, send everyone off to sister clubs, you know. Well, you can't, you know, he doesn't have the choice of ever. We don't have the choice to give him to a team that plays the right type of football, the same type, and have him moulded, you know, because uh, we don't know how many offers he had. I'm sure there were plenty, but, it, you know, life doesn't work like that, as you said. I'd just much rather he's playing football, uh, let him develop yeah. that way. Absolutely. Um, so the other one is Jack Harrison has gone to Leeds um, to play under Marcelo Bielsa, who's a big friend of Pep's. And- somebody who Pep respects really, really highly. Um, I was really impressed with Harrison in, in preseason. I'd never seen him before. I didn't really know what his qualities were, uh, but I was really impressed with him. Um, in general, uh, this is for both of you, um, do you think the Bielsa-Guardiola connection uh, is an interesting, makes it an interesting place for us to send players this season? Lloyd, I'll start with you. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, the way that Pep speaks about Bielsa, for instance, is, you know, I think that points to that a lot. And I think Leeds are obviously a good club anyway in that, you know, they're they're a great club to go on loan for because despite the fact that, you know, they have underachieved and struggled a bit, you get to play in front of basically 30,000 every week, which is, you know, which is great. And I agree with you. I think I think Harrison was impressive. I also watched... Weirdly watched a little bit of him whilst he was in the MLS and, you know, I take that it is a tin pot league, but he stood out like a sore thumb. And I think the fact that as an English guy, he went to America and went through the college system and whatever is, is interesting in itself. And, you know, he might not be a player that, that makes it into the city first team, but there's clearly something there and he's, he's definitely going to have, you know, a good career. So all the best to him. And yeah, working under someone who's basically Pep's inspiration as a coach is going to do him no harm yeah. especially playing in front of that amount of fans I mean, he's, he's probably the next Moy for £10 million to somewhere yeah that's I, good I mean person. who knows you know never say never but that's probably how it goes uh, City are obviously going to sign a lot of players like this from you know take the pick from sister clubs mould them a bit send them out make some money uh, as for Bielsa, well, <laughs> it's not going to be dull let's put it that way so again <laughs> you know right sort of club but Anything could happen. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting for him. And I think, I think, yeah, I've not, not looked at his summer acquisitions, Bielsa, but he's easily good enough to get some pitch time, you know, to get plenty of minutes in that side. I think he'll definitely figure in the team. So, yeah, it's a good thing that, that like you said, Asan, I was quietly impressed with him pre-season as well for someone I know mm. very little about. Uh, but, you know, it depends. It might be out of his hands. It depends what sort of Bielsa we get. He's had his struggles recently. Uh, Leeds are a, you know, an eccentric club anyway, with a now got an eccentric manager. So uh, let's, it should be an interesting ride, whatever happens. I just, I, I, I almost feel like with Bielsa, 
I must feel like he'll do a season in the championship. He will get them promoted. And if the wheels are going to come off, they'll come off after he's been, after they've been promoted. Um, Because I don't think, I think for him to take a job in the championship and to come to England for the first time and take that job for, for Guardiola to be loaning in players for him to be coming to us to to because Nemechka is also being linked with him as well, linked linked with Leeds now as well. I think that points to at least twelve months of stability there and twelve months of Bielsa really knuckling down and doing what he's really good at, which is you know putting a collective together that is much much stronger than uh, than the sum of its parts. <clears throat> Okay, the last little bit of loney type news is the lack of news around uh, Brian Diaz and the fact that he still hasn't signed a new contract and he hasn't gone anywhere. There was a lot of talk of him going to Girona. Uh, Howard, I don't think I've asked you. I know, Lloyd, that me and you talked about it with uh, with Steve McInerney on a, on a pod that we did last week, but Howard, I've not really asked you. Um, one, how much do you rate Brahim? And two, what would you do in his shoes right now where you've got 12 months left on your contract? Would you sign a new contract at City? Would you go out on loan? Would you ask to be transferred? How do you deal with being a young player with that kind of talent at a club like City? Yeah, it's a very awkward situation, this, for well, for City anyway, that got to this, situ- uh, this uh, position. Yeah, yeah, I obviously rate him. I think he's top class. I mean... What do you say about players at that age? It looks like he could have it all, but we won't know until a few years. If he goes, it'll be, a, you know, if we lost him after Sancho, it'd be an absolute hammer blow, really. Uh, how do, how does the club deal with it? The only way, if I if I was him, yes, you can understand why he'd be thinking about leaving, but he has had, for his age, it's not as if he's 20 not getting match time, uh, or 20, 21. Uh, he's still young enough and he has had some involvement, but not that much. <sighs> if <he's, laughs> The only way we can keep him, really, is by sticking him in the team, in the squad permanently. Because if we don't do that next season, he's not going to sign a contract. I imagine he'll leave for free, or we'll get a, some sort of fee, would we? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, that would be a little compensation. I don't, And I can't blame him for that, to be honest. I don't blame him for seeing how the next year pans out. Uh, yeah. But it's a big blow if we can't get him tied down to a contract. Mm. The only other way I is think... we sell him with one of these buyback clauses. But, you know, I'm very suspicious that we'll ever see any of these players again, that we do that with. Some people well... think it's a great new system or a way of letting players develop that we can get back later. But obviously the player has to want to come back. And I'm not convinced that we'll ever see, you know, that that will really happen anyway. It just depends upon the quality of the player. Look, I think that I've really come round to uh, I've really come round to to thinking that with guys like Brahim, I, I think he should leave, and I think the reason that he should leave is because his pathway is blocked. Uh, he's got four, maybe five players who are in the team ahead of him and will continue to get in the team ahead of him. And I think that he needs to go. He's got the quality where he can go to a lot of clubs in a top division and play week in, week out. And I think we should let him go with a buyback clause. I think we should sell him this summer with a buyback clause, get some fee for him um, and then see how do, how he develops over the next two or three years. I don't see the point in sort of keeping him around the CFG uh, system because you're afraid of losing mm. him because he's just not developing. When I say yeah. he's just not developing, 
I think that, you know, there was a lot of, or, or for me anyway, it feels like there's a really big gap between him and Leroy, for example. Yeah. Uh, I, I suspect, or I feel like there's even a really big gap between him and Gabby Jesus. And I don't think that's down to talent. I just think that's down to the fact that the the two guys I've just mentioned have played a heck of a lot more top flight first team football than Brahim has. He's basically a very, very talented kid who's played most of his football at EDS level or has trained with top players. And I just don't think that you, he's going to develop any further by uh, by doing that. No. Just, 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 just on Brahim quickly. I, I, I completely agree with what you just said there, Asan. I think the main, the main thing to take and to look at is the way that City are dealing with Foden at the moment. I think points towards. I think it, it just says it's for me. If I was Brahim, it would, it would say a lot in that pathway is everything. And if you look at the way that we've kind of got the squad this season, there is a bit of scope for Foden to play. Um, we've kind of. You know, given Silver's age, and I know we signed Bernardo Silva and we signed Mares, but there could have been there. You know, there could, we could have gone and signed another player to play in that position if we wanted to this summer. We haven't because of Foden. Whereas with with um, with Brahim and like where Brahim plays, we've just not done that. And I completely agree. If I was him, I'd be looking to whether it's a loan or whether it's a, a permanent move. Um, he he just fundamentally needs to be playing more football because I just don't think there's a chance that he'll be playing it anywhere above of seven, eight appearances this season, if he says it's a... Mm. I, think that, I think the thing with alone for me, Lloyd, is it's just that it's kind of a halfway house and I don't know, you know, I think the lad needs his next club, his next destination and for that destiny, for him to know, right, over the next two or three years, I'm going to be a very important part of this team. And that's how he's going to develop next. Um that's my, my take on it anyway. Um, okay, some very, very, very excellent, excellent news. Gabby Jesus has signed a new contract. Um, there's not really much to say on that other than delighted he's top. Uh, the club have worked very hard in the last 12 months to tie down uh, all of the key parts, key components of this current city setup to new contracts, including Guardiola. Uh, but the two that are left are Sterling and Sane, unless I'm mistaken. And the Sterling one is a little bit more pressing. Um, as a general, either of you concerned when you see, for example, the fact that Sterling, I believe next summer will only have a year left on his contract. Um, does that worry you when you see a player running the contract down or are you more of the opinion City are now in a position where anybody who doesn't really want to be here or who wants to play silly beggars over their contract can do one because we can buy better players? Howard, I'll start with you. Well, I'm still worried. I mean, the latter's true. It's not going to tear the team apart. Uh, maybe we should start a media campaign against him right now <laughs> just just for the for when he walks out on the free in two years time uh, and, yeah it, it is well, I mean bizarre worrying about player contracts it just seems so alien to what it, you know we used to worry about uh, but yeah the one year thing obviously reduces a value uh, and, you know and there's I don't I don't believe pretty much everything I hear but if he, why would he not want to sign one from a personal view, I think it's everything that's happened, the World Cup, how he's viewed by other fans and so on. 
and what he goes through, I just don't see, you know, this is without blinkers. I don't see why he'd want to leave right now. He's at the best best place. Uh, but City should not have to bend over backwards. Or I don't, you know, I don't know why the uh, the contract's not been signed. It's a problem with wages. If he wants more than City prepared to pay, but City have a, a structure. Uh, and if he's, you know, and if he's not within that his demands, then so be it. He leaves. Yes, we find someone else, so it's not the end of the world. But he's still. I mean, what's his market value at the moment? Some would say two pounds, but let's be realistically, let's be realistic. It's sixty, seventy minimum, I think, and that's a lot for even a cash-rich club like City to lose to see walk out the door for free. So it's worrying mm. for that uh, respect uh, because it it hampers our our ability to replace him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, hate yeah. to talk think- finances, but simply letting a, a player worth over fifty million pounds leave for free will always be a hammer blow for any club mm. I think all of those are fair points um, Lloyd do you think that this is a storm in a teacup in the sense that um, it's basically a negotiating ploy I mean we all know that AD Ward is is not the best bloke yeah I mean I don't want to say that because you don't. I don't know the bloke but you know he's he's somebody who's not afraid of taking a Premier League football club on to get the best deal possible for his client. So just bearing that in mind, do you think that this is a little bit of a case of just, you know, this negotiation will just be a bit more complicated? Or do you think there's some stock in the rumours that I've heard from several different places, which are that actually Sterling fancies a move abroad because he's a little bit tired of, of his treatment in England? I think there is stock in that. And to be honest, I can, I can see Sterling... I, I can see Sterling leaving. Mm. I think I think we're we're a situation now where I think those stories in the papers over the last couple of weeks are interesting. In that Sterling's camp obviously banks on him having a stellar World Cup, and I don't think that. I mean, I, you know, I think we're all pro Sterling, but um, you know, there were there were there were elements that you know made it maybe not amazing, and obviously the treatment was um, ridiculous at points, but. Um, I think we're at a bit of an impasse where I think he either signs a contract in the next six months or or he leaves basically. Yeah, and we'll go for cheaper next we, year if he doesn't sign it this year. Exactly. So, so City will City will sell him um, next summer because that you know as Howard said we'd be it would be you know but just purely business wise it'd be an absolute calamity to lose a player like Sterling on a free. Um, when even next summer we'd probably still be able to command, you know, I mean, given this market, probably fifty million for. Uh, yeah, but I think that's a, I think that's a call. Ultimately, I think the idea of him leaving on a free is just a call that the club make. Yeah. So if Guardiola says, "Well, I want to keep him," you know, even if he doesn't sign the deal, if he wants to move abroad on a free in a year, then I want to keep him for a year. And the club go, okay, fair enough, we'll do that. Then I don't think that that's, you know, unless unless you're a bean counter, or you, unless you're an accountant, I think that you kind of got to trust the club in terms of... So, for example, the same I'd thing... Con- I'd have concerns, I'd have separate concerns though around um, kind of motivation. If, 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 you know, if you know, and if it's made clear that he's going to leave for free the following season. Yeah. And the reaction you get from fans and so on, I just don't see the point. It'd be another Sanchez at Arsenal in a way. 
once a player's head has yeah. been turned, they should go. You yeah, know, yeah, you've got to go. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely, absolutely. Fair. And yeah, and Pat might have nothing to do with bean counters. But if the bean counters say, "Well, you've only got thirty million to replace him because you let him run his contract down," uh, and we can't fail financial fair play, then it becomes an issue. It becomes, you know, an issue for Pep. So I just I see no reason to let the player run his contract down for an extra year's football. Football. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so football is back tomorrow. Um, City play Chelsea in the Charity Shield. Uh, kind of want to talk about Maurizio Sarri. And I caught uh, Chelsea's preseason game against Arsenal. Um, Lloyd, did you see it? Uh, I've seen extended highlights because I've wanted to watch Jorginho. Um, and he looked fucking good. Uh, but I've not seen a great deal, but I was just so impressed with Sarri last season. And uh, yeah, let's let's see tomorrow. Mm. Um, Howard, is it difficult, do you think, for a collection of players to go from a very, I don't want to say defensive, because Conte was not necessarily a defensive coach, but a coach who's pragmatic, to go from a coach who's pragmatic to a coach who is as free-flowing and as attacking as Sarri is, and as unpragmatic as, as Sarri is. Um, do you think that's difficult for players, or do you actually think it's quite easy? Well, yeah, it depends just how, you know, how much the shift in the mindset. The change to Pep was just such a shift, and just state of mind of what was expected of them, that it's not surprising it took a year for it to sink in for a lot of players, for it to fall into place. If it's just play with more freedom, uh, tinkering with you know, formation, like going to four three three, and having, giving, you know, different instructions to players, I th- I'm sure they can take it up pretty quickly. And they might feel that release if they felt stifled last season under Conte in his second season, then maybe they'll play with freedom. And it's, you know, it depends just how much, you know, what sort of intensity and how tactically disciplined the new system has to be. Uh, and just yeah, you know, because and I don't think it's going to be that huge a shift to be honest. But I can't see them just taking to it immediately because it's still a change in everything they've trained for for two yeah. years. So uh, I bring in Georgina, you know, and it is the same players. Georgina will make a difference. He's brought in one of his own. He will help dictate play from base in the midfield. But otherwise, it's the same players. Uh, so yeah, it will take a bit of time, but I don't think it'll take years. Mm. Do you think they'll be more difficult or less difficult opponents under Sarri than they were under Conte for City specifically? <laughs> well, it depends which Chelsea you get. Which, I mean, which which Chelsea under Conte, the good one or the bad one? Every every manager at Chelsea is had a great team and a rubbish team once it all goes sour. So compared to last season, yes, I think we're going to see a much. Obviously, it was a failure of a season for them. Just, you know, got a cup, but in the league, total failure. I think you'll see a much more exciting, yeah, free-throwing uh, team. And I think the players might enjoy themselves more in that setup. Lloyd, what about for you? I, I do agree, but I, 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 just, I have <laughs> very strong memories of the first season Conte-Chelsea team against City just literally being our kryptonite. And that, that game at, at the Etihad where they won 3-1, where... 
we battered them and Costa almost single-handedly in the first 10 minutes of the second half just wrestled the game back into their favour and the way that Conte set that Chelsea team up just City just completely I, I know it was first season Guardiola but we just really really struggled with that so I think it's a bit it's a, it's a good question in that like Howard said Chelsea is such a feast and famine club that they you know it's, it's always difficult to know exactly where they pit themselves but I think the way that we coped against Sarri last season is a good a good guide for hopefully how we can how we can deal with them this season. Mm. See, I think <clears throat> I think Pep will much prefer playing um, Sarri's Chelsea to playing Conte's because I think that we Guardiola likes to play against teams who want to play yeah. and who you know give him give his players space as well to play in, uh, and I think that Conte was very good at shutting things down, not really letting City play and just, you know, that that game that Lloyd referenced, the 3-1 at the Etihad, it's funny because, you know, I don't it's view... One of the most painful games I think I've ever watched. Yeah, yeah, like yeah it was. Especially yeah, the, the ending time, as well, yeah. At the same time, if you look at, like, Liverpool, absolutely, last season and Klopp were City's kryptonite, yeah? Because whether we like it or not, they were better than us for the majority of minutes that the two teams were on the pitch together. I don't think that, that Conte's Chelsea were kryptonite to us because I think that we absolutely mauled them on that day. And the fact that we can't finish our dinner and the fact that De Bruyne misses an open goal from underneath the crossbar probably plays more into what happens at the end of that game than anything else. Um, but having said that, yeah, I do think that Conte's Chelsea, because they were more pragmatic, would be a team that were just more difficult and more gnarly to play against. I think that if you look at how the Champions League games between Napoli and City went last season, I think that's pretty instructive of how the the league games will uh, will go this season. Um, is there a player that you think will flourish under Sarri, Lloyd? Yeah, I do. I think um, Christensen for one, is a player obviously that I think has made good strides last season with Conte, but given given Sarri's kind of advocate advocacy of playing out from the back and um, you know playing a little bit more football than under Conte, I think he's one that will flourish. I think it'll be interesting to see Aspilicueta as well, given that he's played at centre back for the last kind of two three seasons, and also I think there's a lot of scope if. Sorry, wants to use him to develop Loftus Cheek really, really nicely. Um, I think it'd be a massive shame, and I'd be really pissed off as a Chelsea fan if they uh, opt for Barkley over Loftus Cheek. I think Loftus Cheek has got more to him as a footballer, and um, I've always kind of questioned Barkley's mentality a little bit. So, I would personally, if I was Chelsea, I'd be massively trying to involve him and not allowing him to leave on loan, but. It does look like from the stories that they might be letting him go, which I think would be a massive shame because that's someone that I think could play that kind of um, transition role in midfield and in Sarri's kind of three-man midfield really well. Mm. Um, Howard, for you, is there anybody who you think will flourish under Sarri? Or do you think think, Lloyd's covered it? I think Lloyd's covered it, yeah. But to be honest, any player that struggled last season, so... Uh, I mean, Murata, obviously, it's a big season for him. He's the yeah. main striker. I can't see Giroud being, I don't know. He'll get his game time, but I can't see him being 
the main striker for the season. And, you know, Bakayoko and uh, just how, you know, all those Monaco players looked exciting <laughs> when they played for Monaco. He was a disaster last season. Is he a bad player or was he just first season, bad management? It depends, you know, if you've got an enthusiastic manager who wants to play exciting football, you know, it's it's a chance, it's a second chance for players like this. And Barkley and Willian, who is persuaded to stay. You know, there's a lot of players there who get a chance now to stake their claim. Mm. Uh, so pretty, you know, all the ones that weren't that weren't flying last summer have got an opportunity now, uh, and they're probably quite glad that the management's changed. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing the lad Hudson Odoi. I hope that he gets mm. a game in the Charity Shield. Um, well, I have, I didn't st- know I have a story about him, actually. Um, go on, well, no. tell me, because I don't know anything about him. Right, so um, so playing, uh, well, five-a-side in, uh, in London, which is where I'm now based, um, my best mate, and I was actually, well, saw it, was playing a get for some reason we were playing in Brixton and Callum Hudson Madoy just happened to be playing with these lads uh, <laughs> and oh my god like I've never so I've never played football with a professional footballer before but one it makes you realise the level that they are at is absolutely ridiculous um, the things that he was doing with the ball was just a disgrace he was just like just like those videos where you see people just like nutting someone and then just everyone just being like woo. The that guy, like, wow! I was literally like transfixed. He the ball was just stuck to his feet, and he was. And I know that none of us are particularly good, but he is a serious, serious. Speak for yourself, Lloyd. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, speak for myself. Um, And yeah, he was just because everyone, everyone, everyone that was playing has got quite a good level of fitness. So the the fitness aspect wasn't really a problem. Um, Mm. It's just the the skill and the technical quality. Um, Wow. It was, he, he is unbelievable. Yeah, well, I watched the, the Chelsea-Arsenal game and he was the best player on the pitch by some distance, in my opinion. Um, I just, yeah, I, it, I hope he plays tomorrow because I want to see him again. He looks an absolute baller. Uh, Sarri's already said that he will, he will be with the first team this season, that he's not going anywhere. Um, <clears throat> and I can see why, because, you know, he looks like he's got it all to be a top, top, top forward. Um, do you think the game will be competitive tomorrow, Lloyd? Yeah, I do. I think, I think it's going to be. I think it's a weird one with the community shield. I think you kind of think it's bollocks, and then till it comes around, and then you're like, <laughs> well, it's more serious than any other preseason game. And whilst it's not a full season game, it's kind of got that. It's got a little bit of edge to it in that it's at Wembley. I think a few of you know a few of our players that are going to play tomorrow have never played at Wembley. I think that's going to be a big thing. And you know, whilst we won't have De Bruyne and Sterling and Walker etc., I do think it's going to have a bit of edge and a bit of spice. And there are going to be players out there that one are going to have an opportunity to play in a big game that maybe they might not across the rest of the season. And two, you're also going to have a few of the guys coming back from the World Cup that are going to be incredibly eager to to kind of stake their claim because there are other guys who've been back longer than them who are going to be pushing them. Yeah. Um, Howard? Yes. Which of our young players from the tour deserve to start tomorrow? Oof. Deserve to start? Well, again, it depends. Is it a friendly? Does it matter? Yeah. Uh, Lloyd's right. It's at 
it's not important, it's not a trophy, but it is at Wembley. So it, it will be competitive for that because once the players step out of Wembley, I think it changes the mental attitude. Uh, who deserves to play? Well, not not many of them put foot wrong. So, I mean, I'd love to see Bolton at the right back because I don't know how far down. I think Danilo's come back with an injury from the World Cups. You know, he's still injured. That only leaves Walker, and I don't know how far he's down he is in training. So, someone like him, Foden and Diaz are obvious ones. Uh, but, and, well, Nemetra's not gone out on loan yet, has he, or gone anywhere? No, he's not. I'd like to see him get some game time because I was impressed with him. Uh, obviously, I think those four really are. Or, you know, you could, again, it, it is a friendly, as are the rules, so expect plenty of changes. So, I, I would want quite a lot of the young players to get some game time during the match. It's not going to be a two-substitute type sort of game. Uh, yeah, and it'd be a great experience for them, uh, even if it is a glorified friendly. Uh, but definitely Bolton. I'd like to see Foden, obviously, and I'd like to see Diaz, the usual suspects there. Okay. Um, interesting that you throw Diaz in there. I, I, I don't we need think to persuade that, him, don't we, So I don't think it's... A, I, think, I think that ship has already sailed, mate. I, I don't really don't see how... Giving him forty-five minutes in the uh, in the charity shield is going to make a blind bit of difference. Lloyd, would you disagree with that? Uh, I think we're in a yeah. I think we're in a bit of a precarious situation with Diaz. I kind of agree. Yeah. I think, especially given the fact that um, Mars is fit, Sane is fit from what we know. Um, Foden will play. I don't know. I think there's a, I think there's a chance that Diaz won't. To be honest. Bernardo will play. Exactly, Bernardo will play. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you've basically answered my question. Yeah, I think... Um, I I'm surprised. Garcia, who was impressive. Well, again, that's what... I don't think he'll play because he'll want to get a defence put together. I don't know, I think he could play, actually. Arsenal game. If, if, especially if, yeah, they play, see, if they play three at the back, I think Garcia could play. Hmm. I would go along with that. I was going to say that of, of all of the, the of all of the kids that went on the tour, I think the two for me, Bolton and... Uh, Foden doesn't count as a kid for me anymore. I think he's a first-team <laughs> he player. He's a kid. I mean, he's 18, but he's a first-team player. It's, it's obvious. Mm. Um, I think that Bolton and Garcia are the two who I think deserve to start in the Charity Shield for the quality of the performances that they put in uh, in, in in the States. And also because I think that, you know, it's something that Steve McInerney talks about a lot. We've talked about it a lot. I think that we aren't very good at maybe finding players who aren't world-class, but who would be happy to be part of the squad and then using them in that way. And I think that certainly Bolton is a player who you kind of look at his performances and you go, well, you know, I'd like to see him given the opportunity to play as a fullback in City's first team over the next 12 months because he showed enough in pre-season to suggest that he can do it. If he shows in, enough again this season to show that he can do it, you get rid of Danilo. You don't, you know, you, mm. we don't need to be carrying players who will be on, you know, Danilo will be on 70 grand a week or something like that. He's a Brazilian, a national. I mean, you don't need to carry players like that if you can get players like Bolton to come through the academy and develop in the right way. Um, Lloyd, do you think that's a bit too extreme? Do you think that's so, for example, because the counter argument would obviously be, 
well, so what if Kyle Walker gets a two-month injury? You're going to be happy with Bolton playing right back for two months. No, I mean, I completely agree with that assessment. And for me, that's that's the Maffeo argument. I would have had I would have had Maffeo yeah. as our second choice 100%. right back this season. I think he's clearly 100%. shown he's good enough. And, and yeah, I completely agree. You have a guy in Danilo who, as you say, he's probably on like, I mean, I think I saw on Twitter the City's um, salaries broke down between each player. I don't know how someone's managed to retrieve that information, but Danilo's on like 85 grand or something. Yeah, out of um, Which, you know, it's a lot of money. And, and also we've paid, you know, we paid close to 30 million for him. And as you said, he's a Brazil international and that brings its own issues in that he expects to play and you can then have a guy around the squad who's, you know, wanting to play all the time and, you know, justified in so in that he'd, you know, be pretty much anywhere else and he'd be the first choice right back. So I think to, to have to have someone that you can bring through and, and I think also when someone has an identity to the club like a youth player will, it gives you more scope in terms of managing them and managing their expectations. So I'm fully, fully behind that. I think Maffeo should have been that player, but if if Bolton can be that player, then I'd be more than happy with that. Mm. I think also you I sometimes think that where we've missed a trick is that I think that we as a supporter base will be far more forgiving of defeats, poor performances of a player who's come through the academy than we will be of a 25, 26, 27-year-old Danilo. Um, And I think that you kind of, you know, you give yourself more, you give yourself a little bit more rope as a coach if you you do... If you do use one of the uh, one of the EDS players as opposed to to an international, but I mean they do have to be good enough, and I guess that's the the root of this conversation for me is that Bolton showed enough in preseason that I'd like to see more of him this season to see if he potentially could be a solution at right back. If indeed Maffeo is not going to come back, although I do think we have a a buyback clause for him as well. Um, okay, before I ask you both for what your starting lineup would be in the Charity Shield. The last, sticking to the Brazilian theme, the last thing that I want to ask you both about is Douglas Louise. Now, Pep said in his press conference yesterday that Douglas Louise is that they really want a work permit for him. And Pep went so far as to say that he absolutely has the quality to play in my first team and to be, to step in if Fernandinho is not available. Um, Howard, are you surprised by that assessment? I am because I may have not watched a huge amount myself, but I think I'm right in saying he, he didn't set the world alight last season. So it just goes to show that you can't, you know, at least Pep. Pep has obviously seen something. He's not looking at it as to how he did, you know, when's loaned out. He's looked at the circumstances, looked at the player and what is his skill set and seen beyond, you know, beyond the fact that he struggled uh, whilst out on loan. So, but yeah, it is a bit left field because, you know, we've, we've talked already about Diaz and Foden. How do these players get into the squad? And yet, someone who wasn't an obvious choice to be in his squad is suddenly now being considered by Pep. Obviously, he sees talent in him. Uh, obviously, he was a huge talent when we got him. So, yeah, it's, you know, no complaints. Obviously, Pep, Pep's watched a lot more of him than me. So, we'll have a, a good idea that he could do something in his squad of a role to play. Mm. 
Um, Lloyd, is that a little bit worrying for you in terms of if we're going to go down the road of, well, we didn't get Jorginho, but we've got Douglas Louise. Do you feel that that's a suitable alternative? Um, or do you think that it's, as much as Pep says, it's not a body for the sake of a body, that it kind of feels like a body for the sake of a body? It is a body for the sake of the body, I think. It, mm. it, is, it, is, it is concerning that we haven't signed anyone to help Fernandinho. And I do think, I don't want to be negative about Pep or about the season because I think we've got the best coach in the world and he showed that he can come up with bespoke solutions last year and the way that he coaches players can bring people on like Fabian Delph from someone that I've all thought we all thought was a good player to being you know an integral part of our season last year and technically I think his game developed but I do think as we've discussed on a number of pods playing the number six in a pep team is such a specific role. It requires such a unique skill set that I don't think even Delph, for instance, who I'm a huge fan of and name-checked a lot across last season, I don't think he's got personally the the quality to do it. So to to bring Douglas Louise in and, yeah, I mean, given, given his performances in pre-season, I don't think he was great. I think he, gives, he gave the ball away a lot. He was quite easily hurried and panicked and um, when people pressed him, was quite poor in possession. So I do think, not to be negative, it is the body for the sake of a body. Okay, I think that's I think that's a little bit harsh in just in a sense that I don't think that I don't think that Pep keeps a body for the sake of a body. I think that if he says that he wants a work permit for Douglas Louise, it's because he believes that if push comes to shove, he'll use Douglas Louise. And Douglas Louise has got the quality. Um, but that's very subjective opinion, really. And as much as Pep sees him in training and, and will know what his qualities are, Pep's not infallible. And it's something that, you know, I see tweeted a lot, actually, that, you know, you kind of have these conversations that people will go, well, Pep's not infallible. He can make mistakes. And yeah, he can, you know. And I, I wonder whether with Douglas Louise, it's a case of, you know, you, you would imagine that with a guy like Louise as well, he's come in and he's been given the opportunity to uh, potentially stay with City. And it's probably the biggest club he's going to play for. So he's probably putting absolutely everything into training and absolutely everything into the into the minutes that he's been given. And we've seen what we've seen from his quality. So there's not like there's things, the characteristics there that, that jump out. Um, but yeah, maybe Pep sees something in him that that we don't. Uh, okay, to wrap this little preview of the Charity Shield up, I'd like you both to give me <laughs> what you think your lineup so, would be. What are you laughing at, Howard? I've, well, I didn't know we were doing this, so I've just written one down, and it's it's appalling. <laughs> I mean, the shape of it is just ridiculous. Should I read it out for a laugh anyway? <laughs> Go on, read it out for a laugh. Uh, Edison... Bolton, Zinchenko at left back. If this happens, honestly, we should sack the manager. Stones, Garcia, Otamendi, Silver, Foden in the middle, Mares, Bernardo, Aguero. Is that even enough players, Howard? No, I've probably missed out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> you got a no, 11, Howard. No, I've got the right number. Just not, not necessarily in the right places. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not the team. That's terrible. Um, uh, no, that midfield doesn't work. Uh, no. I think Zinchenko might play 
defensive midfield again at the start. I don't know, but I think someone else should have a better go at it than I have. So. Lloyd, give me a give me a predicted lineup. Oh God, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, my so I think I think it'll be interesting to see who starts in net. I think it'll probably be Bravo, to be honest. So I my predicted lineup will be Bravo, Garcia, Stones, Laporte. Then Bolton, Fernandinho, uh, Foden, Bernardo, Zinchenko with Mares and Demetra up front. Interesting. Pretty yeah, that's thought. a sh- It's a definite, I think. I forgot about him. Yeah, uh, that's a shout. That, that I, I like that team. Because I, I think I think I think Ferner will probably play because he's been back for a week and he'll right. get sixty minutes, fifty minutes, and they might bring Louise on. I think Stones. Or Otamendi will probably play one of them, and then I think Garcia and Laporte are nailed on, and then I think everybody else definitely Bernardo, definitely Mares, definitely Zinchenko, definitely Nemecha. So yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go the other way round in that I expect the starting lineup to be as close to what's going to start at Arsenal as is humanly possible. So I expect it to be Edison, Walker, Stones. Laporte, and then you can pick one of the left backs. I've got no idea because I don't mm. know how fit Mendy is. But if Mendy's fit, I expect Mendy to play. Uh, the midfield three, I expect it to be Ferner, Bernardo Silva, and Foden. And then the front three, I expect to be Mares, Sane, and I think Jesus plays. Signs a contract. Um, his back is fit. I think he plays, and I think that I think that that's what I would do because I'd be a little bit worried about going into the Arsenal game with none of these first teamers having kicked off a game. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that the other, the other go- theory is that, that sorry, but that, that that team ends the game rather than starts it. But. Well, I thought about that, but then that's exactly what I was going to get. That's exactly what I was going to drive at. That I don't know what you learn or no. what they learn or what they get from fitness in the last 30 minutes of a game when it genuinely... Because the last half hour of a charity shield generally becomes a real exhibition game. The, mm. You know, the first 40, 45 minutes tend to be quite competitive. And then you get half-time and you come out after half-time and the changes begin to happen and the tempo tends to drop and it tends to go and the shape tends to go. And I just don't see what you learn from that period in the game, both in terms of fitness and intensity and just in terms of, you know, getting players up to match fitness. I think it is the first 45 that's more important. And for that reason, I expect a... a a stronger first. Yeah, fair enough. I would further thought, I think Jesus starts as well. Uh, he may not start Myers because of the little knock. I don't know. but uh, And Zinchenko could play left-back, I guess, if... Yeah, depends on Mendy. But yeah, absolutely. We just don't know enough. Mendy should that, play, yeah. actually. I, I completely revise what I said. If if we're going to use and try and get Mendy in, he, he's, he's, got, he's got to play, hasn't he? He's got to play football at some point. Mm. I love the lad. But, you you know, can't just do social media. <laughs> to be honest he, he could, yeah he could just do social media he's that good at it but uh no nah, so I totally I think I think I think it's really important that Mendy plays I think it's really important that Stones and Laporte get to start the Charity Shield together um Foden definitely has to start for me uh, but I think he will and then yeah the front three I think it should be the front th- I think the front three that starts at Arsenal is uh Jesus Mares, 
and Sane. And before anybody on Twitter goes, what? Why not Aguero? I've just got a sneaky suspicion that Jesus will be fitter. Um, and so that's why mm-hmm. I, I think that in the very, very, very early part, we might see more of Jesus than we do of Kun. Um, right. Unless either of you two have got something that you want to add, I'm going to wrap this up. I've got a little question, yeah. actually. Go on. Um, I think this is something interesting to, to think about. What uh, I'll go to you first, Aysan. What do you think are, what's our starting centre-back partnership this season, if you had to pick it now? Stones and Laporte. Same. Howard? Yeah. I mean, this is a team that doesn't have a start in 11, but yeah. if, you know, if it's one of those questions, well, come on, you know, you've got to pick your first two. I think that's, it could change in weeks. It could be, you know. But, you know, not to mend, he's, he's getting on a bit now as well. So, it's obviously Stones and Laporte have been bought to be the future. So, as long as they play well. And Stones, I thought, was generally excellent for England. Mm. So, you know, he could have had a mere tournament after a difficult second half season last year. But he didn't. So, he should be ready to go. Laporte should be fresh and ready to go. I think it should be those two, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, a very fair shout. I just, I, I, with Otamendi, he had such a bad World Cup and I feel as though for everything that we did good last season, whenever something went wrong, Otamendi was, was very, very, very close to the scene of the crime, if not at the scene of the crime. Um, and I think in terms of, you know, I know how much Guardiola thinks he improved and, you know, Pep really was like, he's like a different player and all that sort of stuff. But I don't trust Otamendi. Um, and people will say, well, Stones has got a mistake in him. I'm a lot more forgiving of Stones. He's still a young player for me. I look at uh, I look at Otamendi and I just go, you're, you've already reached your ceiling. Uh, you're not going to get any better now. And I don't know if in the crunch moments, in the big games, he's got the composure to deal with the pressure that he gets put under. So, yeah, I wouldn't want Otamendi. I'd be very surprised if Otamendi starts the season with Laporte. Um, and actually, I'd be really surprised if if he starts Vinny and Laporte as well. I think it should be Stones and, and Laporte. What about you, Lloyd? What's what's your shout on that? has to be Stones for me and Laporte. I, yeah doing the thing for the Observer that's why I was thinking about it because they were like pick your first choice 11 for you know if you had everybody fit and I was like yes it's Stones and Laporte and I think given the World Cup that Stones has had you've got to take you've got to take advantage of that and you've got to allow him to build the momentum and the confidence so yeah I think it has to be Stones and Laporte for me okay excellent right I think that uh, that about covers it uh, Howard unless there's anything you want to add no Okay, wonderful. Well, um, Howard, thank you very much. Pleasure. Lloyd, thank you very much. Yeah, pleasure. To everybody who listened, thank you very much. If you're not a member of the 9320 player, go over to our website. It is £4 a month, £20 for six months or £40 for the year. Last season we did, I think, 120 podcasts over the course of the season, something like that. Um, so, yeah, if you like what we do, go go over there and, uh, and become a member. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be back next week. Friday or Saturday with another Friday show and uh, yeah, up the blues.